What a mighty God we serve, who is worthy to be praised. Amen, amen, amen. Good morning, everybody. Good to see everybody. Today, let's, let's go, let's get, got a long day today. Let's get, get right to it. Spirit of living God, let your rain drop from heaven for fresh upon your people. Spirit of living God, let your rain drop from heaven for fresh upon your word. Spirit of God, let your rain drop from heaven revive your servant this morning. Lord, let me decrease that your spirit might increase. I pray, God, for transparency in my seat through me that you will summon the Father in case this topic is severed. Please send your servant into a detour sign that I may show up my way to the cross. He says, God, this is absolutely nothing about me. It's completely all about you. Because it's completely all about you, God, absolutely nothing about me, I pray for three things this morning. I pray for challenge. I pray for conviction. Oh, God, I pray for spirit of change. Your people are challenged and convicted by your word. They will be changed by the same power, that same word. Let your spirit have the right of way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, we are going to, everybody get your handouts? Okay. So, this is kind of a day to explain um, this campaign. So, the campaign is called Daring Faith. You might want to say, well, what is it? Okay, what is it? What's, what, what's this thing about people coming to our homes and this video series and all this stuff? Well, Daring Faith is a 40-day focus on growing, sowing, and going in faith. Grab those and fill in the blanks. Growing, sowing, and going in faith. Okay. Bible says in Colossians 2, 7, let your roots grow down into him. Let your, let your lives be built on him. In your faithful growth, strong in the truth, you were taught and you will, and you will overflow with thankfulness. 2 Corinthians 2, 9 says, For this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap what? And he who sows bountifully will also what? I like the way that the, um, good, the, the God's word translation says, remember this, the farmer who plants a few seeds will have a very small harvest, but the farmer who plants because he has received God's blessing will receive what? God's blessing in return. So why don't you keep trying to give hearts God's blessing. And Hebrews 11, 8, it was by Abraham's faith obeyed God, called to go to another place God promised to give him. He left his own country not knowing where he was to go. Growing, sowing, and going. We're living in a day and age where the Christian faith is being taken over by complacency. We're not those one of our political candidates said this last week. We will not let traditional religious beliefs hinder our culture. We will not let traditional religious beliefs hinder our culture. Then our one other leader said, we cannot let things of the past, traditions of the past, of our religious faith, hinder the changing culture 
about time. Because the church and has gotten so complacent, we now can potentially be moved off the scene. Because we're not growing, we're not sowing, and we're not going. So why are we doing the campaign? I'm doing the campaign to teach us early on how we must, we can't go anywhere without having faith. So the question is, we got faith. Not just have Christianity, not just have, you know, uh, come to church, but do we honestly have faith in God? So there's four reasons why we're doing this. Four main reasons why we're doing this. For one, to enhance our spiritual maturity by stretching our faith. Some of you have will open up your homes for, 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 for life groups. You have strangers come to your home and, and, and show them a video series for six weeks and lead up a discussion group. That's going to stretch you. It's going to stretch you. Also, to enrich our relational unity by cooperating together. We're going to be coming together more as a, as a family to do projects, and we have a huge block party coming up that's going to be, um, this year, it probably will be one of the biggest we've had. We're going to partner with the city of San Diego this year and, and take over two, three blocks in Skyline, and, and we're going to have about 40 to 45 vendors, um, and they want us to bring all the volunteers. So we're looking to have five, six hundred volunteers from East Cleveland Church run around with our shirts on saying we love Jesus, and we're going to do that together. We're going to have things from Elka Home. We're going to really, really floodgate this, this, this event. And it won't be on our campus. It'll be out in the street of San Diego. They're going to paint, a, paint a, a huge mural in the middle of this four-way stop sign. And I'm, I'm going to make sure that in that mural, a little NSC's logo will be someplace in that mural, <laughs> wherever to stay there. Well, we're going to do that together. Because faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the, the whole staircase. Those who've been with me for a minute know I'm a guy that will walk and don't see the staircase. Uh, one of my gifts is faith. I just believe God. I, 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 I believe God passionately that he is who he says he is. Period. Thirdly, to expand our all-in stewardship ministry, the seven T's. Um, I do believe in the next five years that the church's 501 C3 will be challenged. Based upon our candidates and our government's current statement that traditional religious belief must not hinder the advance of our culture. Therefore, there are certain cultural things that we don't try to do they, they may take our 501c3, which is your tax benefits that you have for giving the church. Well, at that point, you have to ask yourself, will I still support the church even if I can't get a benefit from it? That's a major, that's a major question to ask people. If, you know, you would think it would be easy. You, you don't get, you don't, you get a, you don't, if you buy those clothes and, and those nice things, you don't get a tax break for that. And so our 17 ministry is basically your time, tithe, temple, Thoughts, tongue, talent, theology. Um, that's the seven T's. 
I want you to be a good steward of your time. Good steward of your tithes. Good steward of your body. Your thought process. How we speak. Your talents, your gifts. And your theology. How, you, how we view theology. I know that may not be in your hand, I don't think. That's, that's, you can write it down, man, because I want you to have that. So that little coin, you, we're going to make a new coin that says all in on the coin. It's going to have the seven, the seven T's in there. We want, because number seven means complete. And I believe if you have, if you nail these seven, if you be a good steward of all these seven T's, you will have a balanced life. You may, you, if you be a good steward of your time, good steward of your time, of your, of your treasure. We talked about, I want to be specific, your tithes. Good steward of your body. Good steward of your thoughts. Steward of your mouth. Steward of your gifting. And good steward of how you, how you view God. How you think about God? God will bless you. Second Corinthians eight seven says this here: You are rich in everything in faith, in speaking, in knowledge, in truly wanting to help, and in the love you learn from us. In the same way, be strong also in what? One of the, one of the new seasons um, strengths and weaknesses. We we do a lot. We do we do a lot of faith. We do a lot of speaking. We're very Learned church, we do a lot of helps, but every now and then our grace, our growth and grace of giving is kind of weak. We're going to campaign. It's my desire that we would grow givers. Um, right now, we're probably averaging no, no less than eight percent of our body is actual tithing of our church. We want to get at least a twenty percent increase in that. Yeah, we have, we have, we have a giving, a giving unit. For 485 people, of that giving unit of 485 people, only 8% gives over the medium of what this area is. Basically, if I lose 20 families, I'm in trouble. If 20 families leave this church, we would go, we would be, a, 20 families give a third of our income. It's a lot. And I'm going to have faith to preach what I want to preach that God gives me. I may make somebody mad. They may leave, but I still trust God going to make the rest happen. But we need to get more than 8% people giving to the church. We need to be in the, we need to be the 20s and 30% so we can do what God calls us to do. So during this time, we're going to do that because Luke 9.23 says, 9, okay, it says here, if anyone desires to come after me, let him do what? Take up his cross daily and what? Giving is one of the hugest, giving of our seven T's, our time, our talents, our treasure, our, our tithes, our thoughts. That's been something that Christians have a hard time doing because we want to view Christianity as just a Sunday morning thing, not a lifestyle. We're going to really have, over the next campaign, this campaign, drill down on, can you live like a child of God every day? And fourthly, to encourage every day, I call them, more than conquerors of faith, people that are serving in our church family weekly. There are people here who, um, they just do it. We're going to start celebrating. People who work hard for the ministry and serve and, 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 and are dedicated. We want to encourage you and, and celebrate what you're doing. So over the next six weeks and beyond, we're having another campaign in January called the Year of Hope, which I'm very excited about doing that. So all year next year, year 17, the number 17 means victory. 
We're going to have a great year next year of victory, and we're going to have a whole year of hope. We're going to have a whole campaign for the whole year trying to open our lives and our hearts to people who are lost and hurting. So I want to teach you today about your faith. So there's a very familiar passage of Scripture in the book of John. The book of John. John chapter 6, starting at verse 5. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming towards him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these many to eat? This is a story of, this is one of my favorite stories. It's the story of the, of the, of the feeding of the 5,000. 5,000 men. Some said because of men hanging with their families that the potential he could have fed over 15,000 people. That's a lot of people. A lot of people. Philip said, the, the setting of the story is Jesus is preaching a great message and people start coming around him and how are we going to feed them? First, you got to acknowledge your need to God. Acknowledge God. There's an issue here. There's 5,000 people. There's 15,000 people in it. How are we going to feed them? Well, the text says, but he said this to test him. This daring faith campaign will test your faith. They're going to ask you, how much do I believe? Am I just a Sunday morning Christian, which is what Christianity, or am I a disciple of God? A disciple means I live that life every day. He knew himself what he was due. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that, we, that every one of them may have a little to eat. He said, listen here, Jesus, we don't have enough money to feed all these people. We, 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 we got that kind of payroll. Well, not only must you acknowledge, but you also got to align yourself with God for the need. Too many times in our lives, we, we want to try to figure things out ourselves. You ever tried to figure things out and then, and then bring God in? <laughs> the text says, align yourself with God. In other words, get on God's agenda first about your need. Don't go out there and say, oh, yeah, well, by the way, God, I'm in trouble. Can you help, help, can you help a sister out? No, align yourself with God first. Let God, let God guide you because faith is in God includes faith in his what? There's sometimes God's timing doesn't make sense. Anybody, anybody understand that? It doesn't make sense. Like, God, for real? <laughs> this, is, this is not a good time. And God says, nah, this is the exact perfect time for me to do what I'm doing for you. He says again, he says, says the next verse, he says, lift his eyes up and saw the multitude, and then in verse, go back to, hit, okay, slide messed up. You got to agree with God as, he, as a source of your need. In verse 8, he's John, he says, one of his disciples, Andrew Simon, his brother, said to him, there is a lad here with, who has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? So you have to agree with God as the source of your need. Email them to tell them to fix that slide. You got to celebrate the things of God. <laughs> because 
Listen. And I love this, I love this story about this lad. I preached, I, preached a, I preached a message one time about the unsung hero of the story. Guess who's not mentioned in this story who's, who played a very important part in the story? The mom. It's one of my favorite Mother's Day verses because I'm pretty sure it was his mother that fixed his lunch. It was his mother who said, make sure you have something to eat while you're out there all day. But she's never what? Mentioned. A lot of people in our church serve behind the scenes and are never mentioned. And during these 40 days, we're going to try to mention those who are serving and are behind the scenes and let you realize how much we appreciate your serving of God. Because though you may never make the print, I'm so glad that God keeps a track and account of everything that goes on in our lives. You may never hear accolades from me, but beloved, I guarantee you, you'll hear the words, well done, I good and faithful servant from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You just must keep doing what you do for God. What I love about this is the lad, think about this for now. The lad positioned himself around Jesus. Normally, the kids were in the back because men got up front, had the women, you had the children. Somehow, this young kid pushed through the crowd of 15,000 people to be around Jesus and his disciples. He was a very inquisitive kid. Kind of got there and walked through and, and to where he could be used. During our campaign, during this faith campaign, here's the goal. How hungry do you want to do you want to come close to God? Do you want to stay, continue to stay on the outskirts, way in the back? Or do you want to push your way through to get close to Jesus so Jesus can use you? Think about it. This young lad, because of his, his desire to, be a, to agree with God about this issue, helped feed 15,000 people. If he had stayed in the background and didn't do anything, he had stayed in the back and, and didn't push his way through and say, you know what, I think I can, I want to hear Jesus. I want to be close to Jesus. I want to be close to what's going on. Because he got close to what's going on, God was able to use what he had. But here's the issue. You must stop thinking that God can't use what you have. One thing that I'm finding out that too many people need to learn how to anticipate God to multiply your needs. God, I'm, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. Look what Jesus says. Make the people sit down. One thing I love about Jesus, he never did things out of order. To make the people sit down, there was a much grass in the place, so the men sat down, and the number was about 5,000. Jesus, Jesus doesn't do miracles out of order. Put them in groups. Put things in order. And th- you watch on TV, the people, you guys on TV, and they're, they're running around doing things chaotic. That's not the Holy Spirit. We, he said he's not, he's not the author of what? Confusion. Even in this miracle, he had order. He said, put them in order. He said, well, I'm going to do something. I'm going to make sure as I do this miracle, we can properly bless those who are here. 
11 said he took, he took the, the loaves. And when he had gave thanks, he did what? Give it to the disciples. Notice, Jesus did not feed the 5,000, did he? Who did? Pastor Vines, Bishop Vines cannot grow new seeds of church. Who does? Disciples. And the disciples, those sitting down, likewise with the fish, ate as much as those that could. Disciples gave out the food. So check this out. Disciples gave out the food. Then what disciples do? They sat down and eat. So we take care of those outside first, don't we? And then we sit down and get as much as we want. We first got to take care of people outside, our, those who are, hurt, who are hurting. Look what Mark 10 says. Jesus was blunt. No chance at all if you think you can pull it off by yourself. Every chance in the world if you let God do it. That's the word. That's the Bible says all things are possible if you do with God. Let me tell you something. I believe we're living in the, in, the, in the greatest times of the Christian faith in our lifetime. I really do. We have more opportunities to change lives than ever before because there'll be a real clear distinction between us and them. I'm sad to say that this morning. There'll be a line drawn in the sand. Um, last week, First Baptist Church of Gainesville or Greenville in North Carolina ordained its first transgender minister. And since Dylan, they said, we better get on board with the culture or becoming irrelevant. One of the old, matter of fact, First Baptist Gainesville was the very first church that brought the most conservative convention in America. The Southern Baptist Convention started in First Baptist in South Carolina. This church now became the first Baptist church to ordain a gay minister and said, because we must be on point with society and get over it. John 12 says this here. I can guarantee this truth. A single grain of wheat does not produce anything Unless it what? Planted in the ground. And what else? Dies. If it dies, it will what? The Christian church has to get out of the hype of stuff and things, name it and claim it, and start dying to itself that it might grow a harvest for lost souls. Buying a jet for $60 million. When I could feed a whole continent for that. Buying a $240,000 car. When I could feed an apartment complex for that. Do I believe we should be blessed? Sure do. But there's things called extremism, extremes. That I believe sometimes. Rick Warren said that when he did his campaign and, and people, Rick Warren, 25,000 members of Rick Warren's church went overseas in the last 10 years. And they went to 340 different lands across America. 
he said that everyone paid their own way, and a lot of them were very rich. So when they came back from overseas mission trip, he said, now they still bought the tennis bracelet, but he bought the one carat versus the five. They still bought a nice car, but they bought a Mercedes-Benz instead of a Maserati. Because he realized, do I really need a Maserati when there's someone in Africa who doesn't have water? Do I really need this five-carat tennis bracelet when one carat is nice because I, I can go buy a well or build a They built 347 hospitals in Africa. So he said, they didn't stop being wealthy. They didn't stop being rich. They just learned how to use their resources better because they realized, I mean, you only can drive one car. <laughs> and it really, yeah, Maz ride is a nice ride, but in the day, it'll get you to it'll go through the drive through McDonald's. It's like a it's like a, 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 a Ford a Ford wheel. Right? Maserati would get me to the movie theater just like a, a, a Toyota will. But I cannot put a hospital in a Maserati. But the amount of Maserati costs, I can put one in India and Africa and other countries that don't have any opportunities. So the campaign is about getting to refocus your attention on doing the things of God. You have that clip ready? Um, favorites like this clip. This is one of my favorite movies, if you, if you can get it up. Um, I love Indiana Jones. If, if I had a, and in the Temple of Doom, um, Indiana's dad was going to die. And now you can work for me now. Okay, the pull up. Take it up. Pause it. Pause right now. Pause it. You can do it. You can do it. You can work it. You the man. We can we work, work this together. Come on. I'm, I'm almost done. His dad is in the other room dying. Indiana must get to his place where, this, where the cup that Christ drunk from is in his other room. Indiana goes to this cave to get to cross this cave. And he's here now in, in play. And he goes to this cave and he's there and He's walking around, and he says, okay, there goes the lion mouth, lion of Judah. And he says, there's no way. The path of God. Listen to what he says. Dad's dying. Stop. Pause it. It's the leap of faith. You must, it says you must step in the faith of God. Dad's dying. Father he loves. He's at a place of his own. He said, I'm at, the, I'm at the mouth of God, and I must have the leap of the faith of God. Couldn't see it. 
but in the background, he heard what? His father dying. Every day, people are dying. And we're standing at the gate, at, at, at the mouth of God, hearing the cries of people in the apartment complex right next door, in the community right next door, crying out, asking for help. And we're like Cindy, listening. God's telling us, new season, we must believe. We must believe. Pause it. I'm working. Listen, check it out. Check it out. I'm, no, I'm not. You, you, you're doing a great job, but you're doing a great job. So I want to get this thing so that you see it. He takes a deep breath. He refused to look down at his feet. He puts his eyes straight to where he wants to go, grabs his chest, and then does this. Relaxes his heart, looks forward, and takes one foot up, stop, and trust God. I want you to learn how to relax, hear the cries of people, and saying, God, you sent me here to be used by you. I must relax, take a deep breath, and not run, but take what? One step. And then we took the, la we took the step of faith. God showed up. What he couldn't see was always right there. People have died trying to walk that bridge. Men came and, 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 and lost their way because they couldn't have the faith to step out at the mouth of God. And once he got there, guess what he did? He had to show other people what? The way. That's evangelism. I need you to have a leap of faith these next six weeks. Have you ever made the leap of faith? I need you to help me go reach all these people in this community, all the people in this city. I want you to relax, take a deep breath, and just take one step at a time. And believe that God has the answer right where but the issue is, do you have enough faith to trust him to take a step? This campaign is about you having the faith to take a step. This community needs us. We need a place that they can come and be, and be ministered and, and be taken care of and be loved unconditionally. But it takes what? A leap of faith. It takes putting our faith on display. So this next six weeks, as I prepare you for next year, will you put your faith on display? Will you go in and take a deep breath? Look not look down, not look down, but look to where you gotta get to. And take one step at a time and trust God. Now on the rest of your sheet of papers is all the things that the campaign is going we're gonna do and not gonna do and the things we're gonna talk about and
and we're going we, 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 we to help you grow and expect miracles during the next 40 days. Expect, you know, just expect God. There's, there's a whole page just to let you realize what's going to happen. Um, it's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, this Wednesday, we have our first revival of our, of our consecration, of our 40-day campaign. Um, I got a great speaker from Richard Spring from First Baptist of Sirius coming down. One of my closest friends, he's a phenomenal preacher, he's a, he's a, he's a cool guy, he's my bud, and he's coming down from Hysteria to preach for us for three days, um, greatest father tour, um, amazing man of God, he'll be here Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, um, we're going to go on a 40-day fast, 40 days, whatever that, what you're going to give up 40 days, here's something, I, I me and my wife talked about the day. Instead of giving stuff up, how about doing something for 40 days? So my wife and I are going to commit to going to the gym for 40 days straight. I got a crazy schedule. Yeah, I, I, no, I'm, not, I'm just going to get there first. If I get there, then I might do another 40-day commit to do something when I get there. If I just get in the lot for 40 days, I'm doing good. <laughs> We're going to commit to an hour exercise for the next 40 days starting Wednesday. We're going to commit to, you know, she's going to commit to read a book. I'm going to commit to me. I'm, I read enough books for this. I'm going to commit to do something else. But instead of taking away, why don't you commit to create a habit that you don't, that you don't have? How many of y'all read books? Commit to reading a Christian book. Commit to reading your Bible for 40 days. Commit to go serving at a place of need for 40 days. The Red Cross, Rachel House. Commit to be involved in ministry for 40 days. Commit to not meeting, commit to not missing any of the prayer meetings for the next six weeks. Commit to being all, become the all non-revival. There's going to be non-revivals in 40 days. I will commit in these 40 days not to miss any of them. I'll be in them all. Uh, just, just, just nine, nine revivals we're going to do in 40 days. Commit to telling someone something good. How about this is really easy. Commit to commit to giving to say an encouraging word to your spouse for 40 days. Try that one. How about commit to saying a kind word to someone for 40 days. How about commit to increase your giving for 40 days? How about this here? How about commit to not going out for 40 days and take that money and put it in church at the end of 40 days? Some of y'all, that'd be a whole lot of money. Think about it. Don't go out for the next 40 days. What the money you was going to spend, I'll put it in the jar at the end of 40 days, give that offering to God. Because we're, do, we're doing that. Because Karen, Karen's very upset, but we're doing that one. She ain't going to know it's 40 days. We're eating house. We're eating anyway, so we'll be okay. But think about it. Because if we don't go and change the world, who's going to do it? If God's disciples don't leap out and trust this Jesus that we believe is in heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father in a seating place, that this Jesus who died for our sins, this Jesus who in the grave for three days, this Jesus rose and, and he's has power, and we as, a, we as his church don't believe that he can do this stuff, 
why, be, why even be here? You know the greatest, the best thing about getting older, getting more mature, is I'm going to see him soon. <laughs> when you're 20 years old, or you already saw me, yeah, I got time. I'm 50 now. God only promised three score and ten. I mean, I got 20 years according to the promise. I mean, I'm, I'm after that, I'm over time. I'm only promised two, three score and ten. That's 70. So I got a guarantee by faith of 20 years. If I've been good to my mother, I might get some more time according to the Bible. I'm on the last legs. I'm going to see him soon. And the way I live, I think I'm going to see him any, any, any day. I don't want to be guessing when I see him. Wondering, did I do it right? Did, did, did I give him my all? Did I just, did I get so comfortable about him, I didn't live for him? Well, the next six weeks, I'm going to ask you, you have some faith. Can you push yourself to the point where you realize, you know what, God? I believe you're real. I'm going to tell people about you. I'm going to find me a life. I'm going to find me a we, we have cards to give out. We have people who are, who we have 32 groups have their homes open over the next six weeks. You can go to their houses and, and sit down and watch the videos and learn about God together as a family. You can invite your friends because they may not come to church, but they might go to somebody's house. We already got people ready to go. Let's change this society. One person, one house, one street, one community, one city, one state at a time. To the glory of God. And guess what? Why can't God use us? Instead of saying we, we can't do it, El Cajon, why can't we say why not? Why can't God use El Cajon to change that entire complex? Why can't God use El Cajon to change that school course next door? Why can't God use this group right here to change this community right here? Why can't God do it? He used David, a little shepherd's boy. He used Gideon, who was hiding around under the wine press. He used Ruth, becoming the bloodline of Jesus Christ. Why can't God use each and every one of you? help change the society for Christ. If we don't try, you can't blame the politics, you can't blame the mayor, you can't blame the councilman. You have to start saying, it was my fault because I didn't take a leap of faith. So please, six weeks, stepping out on faith, growing, sowing, and going so God can do great things with our family. All right? Let's pray. Father God, thank you this morning for our family that's here. As we take this daring step of faith, we are now going to leap out there, God, <laughs> go to homes, and houses, and share our faith with people we don't know. Because, God, you are coming back. And some of us might meet you soon. Because you said tomorrow's not promised. We don't have a guarantee that tomorrow will be here. So, Lord, let's live our life today in such an intense and passionate way that there'll be no doubt that we believe that you're real, that you are Lord and you are faithful. Help us, God, throughout this campaign to change the lives of people one soul at a time. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Pray I see you Wednesday night, starts the revival. Please come out and 
we'll start our we'll start the consecration on Wednesday night at seven o'clock. Please be there. Revival will go from seven to eight thirty. We're gonna get out every night at eight thirty on the dot. So Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, great speakers. We're gonna start our consecration. Four days of fast. We have books we're gonna buy at the main store. Today is our um, consecration service. We're gonna be um, introducing you to seven new deacons. We got seven new deacons in training. We'll be introduced to you. So please, today come out today. And meet your seven new deacons that be, will be up for training. We're going to bring in three new ministers. Your very own Eddie Mendoza. Today will be um, consecrated as a minister today. <laughs> so be there to support that. Um, we're going to have um, rings, seals, seals of approval rings. Um, Felipe Cruz today will get his ring today um, for, for his seal of approval ring. Um, his, so we got, we got a great day today. Um, so come out there at 3 o'clock. It's going to be a 3 to, to 4. We're going to be out by 5 because it's hot. We're going to be all day. Um, so come and be a part of the family. We do this once a year. It's going to be great. Also, we have five churches being part of a New Season Global Network that we started. Um, it's going to be an exciting day today. So get there early. The Arabic Church will be there. Come early. Have a great time. Be part of something that God's doing in, in, in your land that you say, I had a part of this. Okay? So have a great time. See you tomorrow. See you today at 3 o'clock. And I'll probably see you Wednesday at 7. Bless you. I love you.